When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Chat. Sports Chat. It's Sports Chat. Welcome to episode 204 of the Sports Chat, the Oral Hershiser episode, because Oral Hershiser had 204 career wins in a career primarily with the Dodgers, but also with the Cleveland Indians. Corey is still out. Chuck is still here. We'll get to our guest in a moment. Lots to talk about from the NFL yesterday. My goodness. You would have thought that with no games going on, we'd have nothing to talk about in the sports world. But thank goodness for the NFL, because they have come through in spades in this offseason. And, of course, the big transition yesterday was Tom Brady penning his farewell letter to the New England Patriots, and then just hours later we learned that he's going to be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A $30 million a year deal for the 42-year-old quarterback. 20 years as a New England Patriot. Took him to six Super Bowl titles. And now he'll try to fit in with Bruce Arians and the offense down in Tampa Bay. And it kind of makes you think of other guys in the sports world, other NFL players, who you think of with one team. Because let's face it, you're always going to think of Tom Brady as a New England Patriot. It's kind of like when Johnny Unitas left the Colts to go with the Chargers or Joe Namath left the Jets to go be with the Rams. A little more recent, Joe Montana all those years with the 49ers and then had a couple of years with the Chiefs. It is just going to be so weird to see Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay uniform. And I hope guys like Scott Tully and uh, Jesse Woods and Mick Aoki, Nico Cavadas, will uh, be under watch here because I'm sure they've got to be... Uh, uh, anybody who lives out in New England has got to be going through therapy right now. Now, Brady is not the only guy to move. Phillip Rivers leaving the uh, Los Angeles Chargers to join the Indianapolis Colts. One year, $25 million. You get the feeling from seeing this that the thought behind the Rivers move for the Colts, they had no confidence that Jacoby Brissett could be their quarterback. And now they're hoping that Rivers can be a bit of a transition between whoever they're probably going to take in the draft. You, you have to think at this point the Colts are going to draft a quarterback when the NFL draft is held and try to bring him in for a year under the tutelage of Phillip Rivers and then hopefully take over the team. Uh, Rivers did not have a great year for the Chargers last year. Now, if you, if you talk to people who cover the Chargers, they say that's not all Phillip Rivers' fault. However... 
that ball doesn't seem to have the same zip and velocity it once had on it when he came out of North Carolina State. By the way, beat Notre Dame in a bowl game at North Carolina State back in the, uh, the days of the Gator Bowl. And then you look at some of the other quarterback moves. Drew Brees staying in New Orleans two years, $50 million. So Teddy Bridgewater says, it's time for me to fly. He goes to Carolina three years, $60 million. And the dominoes that fall from all these moves, because we, we already mentioned Jacoby Brissett. Well, if Tom Brady's going to Tampa, Jameis Winston is available. And if Teddy Bridgewater is going to Carolina, Cam Newton is available. So the big question is, who do the Patriots go out and get? Do they go get Jacoby Brissett, who's already familiar with Bill Belichick's system, or do they look for somebody else? And the word on the street is the Chicago Bears are still in the market for a quarterback because they're not 100% sold on Mitch Trubisky, even though they've said stuff like, well, Mitch is still our starter. Do you really believe that? And if Mitch is not the starter, is Cam Newton or Jameis Winston the answer? That I'm not sure that that's the answer the Bears fans want to see. So a lot of NFL talk there. Now, the Bears did make a good move for their defense yesterday. They got Robert Quinn from the Dallas Cowboys, terrific pass rusher. In fact, he's so good that they said, Leonard Floyd, we don't care that you were a first-round draft pick only four years ago. You're out the door. So the Bears release Leonard Floyd. They bring in Robert Quinn. I think the Bears' defense is still going to be good. Yes, they've lost a couple of free agents, Nick Kwiatkowski and Nick Williams. But I think the Bears' defense is still going to be good. The question is that offense with Trubisky at the controls. So that's a little bit of the look at the football talk. Let's talk baseball because spring has sprung and baseballs should be flying through the air right now. Unfortunately, they are not. And that's, that's heartbreaking for me as a longtime baseball guy. And I know it's heartbreaking for our guests today. I want you to welcome in... Nico Cavadas from the Notre Dame baseball team and CJ Cavadas from the Penn baseball team. Of course, Nico, a Penn grad as well. Fellas, welcome to Sports Shack. Thank you for having us. I appreciate it. All right, Nico, let me start with you because you were in the middle of a season. Uh, Notre Dame getting off to a 10 and 2 start this year. You're, you were swinging the bat well, had seven home runs. You get done with a 9 8 win at Radford. Take me from the end of that game to when you saw this kind of start to spiral. Yeah, spirits were high. Uh, we were playing really, really well. I think we were ranked in one of the most recent polls, and um, we headed down to Louisville, and we got in late, really late night, got up the next day to go uh, get a lift in, and on our way to the field, we just kept seeing all these cancellations on, on Twitter, and Everyone in the back of the bus is really questioning what's going on, and all of a sudden the bus kind of pops a U-turn and heads back to the hotel. And uh, we get back to the hotel, and Coach Sherrod stands up and goes, team room, five minutes. We're like, okay, this is this is weird. Uh, we head into the team room, and he immediately starts breaking down the Radford game that he hadn't had a chance to break down yet. He's all baseball, all business all the time. But the minute he had finished breaking down that game, he started talking about all the cancellations and about all the postponements in play, and we – broke down travel schedules on how everyone's going to get home and ever since then there have just been so many uncertainties that he doesn't have the answers to we don't have the answers to and we're kind of just feeling things out at this point the ACC suspended the season yesterday they actually canceled the season yesterday they were one of the last conferences to go through 
But well before that, the College World Series had been canceled by the NCAA. When you saw that, what was your initial thought? It was really disappointing. Uh, I think we had the team to make a real run at it. Um, like you said, we were 10 or 11-2, and two, playing really well, undefeated in the ACC, and feeling really good going into the Louisville series. So um, I felt like we had a lot of momentum, and uh, we could have made a run at the thing. But uh, them canceling it was really, really disappointing. With that 10-2 and two record, obviously that, that was a big swing for Notre Dame baseball. They had not had a start like that in about five years. And a lot of people are trying to attribute that to Link. Uh, what was the difference between uh, Link and, and how he approached things and what you had seen before? Uh, Coach Jarrett's really high energy, really positive, really hands-on. So uh, he was in there getting early work with everyone every single day, making sure that we did things the right way all the time. He held everyone to a really high standard, including himself. Uh, he had this little notebook where he would go home every day and write down things when he's just sitting on the couch by himself, bring it to practice next day, and he'd have six or seven things for us that he was just thinking about in his free time. So uh, he's a baseball savant. He knows what buttons to push at what times, uh, and he's always thinking baseball. There's nothing else going on. So uh, he's been really, really good for us. CJ, while all of this was going on, your Penn team um, hadn't really even officially started practice yet. Uh, So you're sitting there trying to get ready for your senior season. You see Mm -hmm. this happening to your brother. What's going through your head? Yeah, uh, literally at the exact same time that it happened to him, uh, I was in South Carolina just taking a visit there, and my team was back home. We had open fields, and our coach told – athletic director came out to the practice and told them to leave the field, and our coach talked to them and said that we were suspended indefinitely, and then I got the text, and the kids were texting me, and that's how we learned that that uh, for right now it's on hold, and we just don't know where it's going from here. Yeah, your situation is a little bit different. He knows his season is done. Mm-hmm. You're still hoping that at some point that you can get on the field as you watch yeah. news reports and, and see everything. And I don't, I don't know what further has been communicated to you, but what do you see as the realistic possibility of when or if you get on the field this year? Well, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't think any of us are really very educated on this disease or anything like this. So, I mean, I just look at the stuff around me and see that all these states are canceling the whole school year. And, I mean, Penn said that we will go back after spring break, but, I mean, that can change instantly. And you just don't know if if we're going to go back to school, and that would mean we wouldn't play baseball. And and spring break uh, ends, what, April 12th? So they, they are hoping that they can get you back in school by April 13th. Yeah. You're both at different phases of your career. Nico, in your case, you're a draft-eligible junior, and uh, your season has ended. So as you look at things, what what's going through your head as you look at your future? Because you have a lot of options available to you. However, very few of them are under your control. Yeah, at this point, there is a lot going on, and there are a lot of uncertainties, uh, mainly whether I'll get a year of eligibility back or not. Uh, Notre Dame's an incredible place. I love the team. I love the school. So coming back for another year would be an incredible opportunity to get a great degree and play another year under an awesome coach. That would be a really, really special thing. But additionally, um, I think even with this season being cut short, uh, there's a sample size on what I – 
capable of doing and what kind of player I am. So given the right opportunity, uh, I think pro ball is a, a very, uh, very real uh, option as well. CJ, your case entirely different in that you're still looking at colleges to go to. You'd yeah. love to have that showcase of your senior season, but I imagine it, it is similar to Nico in the fact that there is a sample size out for you right now, and, and you were already, you said you were in South Carolina visiting this school. What are your thoughts on the future? I, I still haven't made up my mind yet. I mean, I had a little bit of time. I wanted to see how the baseball season went. Um, I'm I'm between more of like a JUCO or maybe just hanged up, hanged up on on top. So I don't know. We'll see. Okay, uh, having seen what your brother went through at the Division One level and and getting a taste of what that life is like, how has that influenced your decision at all? I I think I wanted it more. I mean, I saw saw how much he loved it and and all the all the things he did and all the hard work. It, it just looked looked like a good time, and I I still still really want to do it. It is hard work. I, I think people don't realize, and especially for baseball, you know, maybe they think of college athletics, hey, Notre Dame football, they travel in a charter. Notre Dame basketball, even women's basketball, they travel in a charter. I think hockey has a charter now. Uh, those are very rare for the Notre Dame baseball team, as I well know. And that in itself presents a, a challenge to a Division One college athlete. How do you balance that time? between the athletic responsibilities you have and the academic ones you have. Absolutely. Time management is uh, very, very important. Uh, we don't have as much free time as the regular student at Notre Dame does, and because of that we have to be uh, very disciplined and very intentional with how we use our time. So if you've got 25 minutes between classes, you've got to bang out a little bit of work. If you've got uh, – half hour while you're sitting at the gate before a flight you've got to get that paper started uh we don't have time really to lollygag around so every every minute that we have is very very important i i'm sure you watched what he went through and kind of observed that a little mm -hmm. bit has that helped you in in your situation just going through school at penn yeah yeah definitely it's it's just uh all about punctuality and just how to manage yourself and manage your time and Watching what he went through, I mean, especially at Notre Dame where the classes are so hard and I'll get texts from him at 3 a.m. studying and then the, the lifts at 6 a.m. And, and it just uh, it actually made me appreciate what I was going through in high school. So. <laughs> now, I hope you're not awake to answer that text that you get at 3 a.m. Oh, no, I wake up to it. Oh. I wake oh. up to both of them. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad that you're not waking up and answering the text. Let, Nico, let me ask you, how? what are you doing now? I mean, part of me, I've been away from baseball now for two years, and I'm driving yesterday at 4.15, I'm thinking, wait, the home opener is supposed to be today at 6 o'clock, and, you know, I should be in a booth somewhere, and I'm not. But for you, it's like, it's immediate. It's right now. What do you do now to stay sharp and kind of keep your skills honed? Yeah. Um, once you turn that switch off and kind of take a break, it's really, really difficult to turn it back on. So for him and I both, we've been in the cages every single day making ourselves better because uh, if you keep that switch on, keep yourself sharp, you don't have to resharpen. So we've been working hard and uh, making sure not to not to let it go at all. Who throws to you in the cages, or do you have a, a pitching machine that throws to you? Uh, I throw to him, okay. and he tries to throw to me. He tries to throw to you. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've seen him throw. That's probably a very apt description to use in terms of that. But uh, 
does uh, your dad Jim you ever get out there and and chuck a few? Yeah, he used to, but uh, recently the shoulders start to go, and ah. uh, because of that, CJ and I kind of have to throw to each other. You've got a decent enough fastball, right? You throw it about eighty. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah. just BP though. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, uh, you learned a new position this year too, in first base. You you came into Notre Dame and they put you at third base for a while. You're over at first base now. I don't know how new that is for you, but what's that been like? Yeah, so I played I think 58 games there at uh, in the Northwoods League my freshman summer. Okay, and then this summer in Cape Cod I bounced between third and first base all summer. So it wasn't new in terms of my baseball career, but at Notre Dame uh, under Coach Jarrett's uh, regime, this is this was new for me. So, and how's that going? It's going really well. Yeah, I enjoy it. CJ, you're a middle infielder, as I recall. And yes. uh, where would you see yourself if, if you go on to the JUCO level or another college? Where do you see yourself playing positionally? Um, well, I try to be a Swiss Army knife. Okay. Uh, last year for Penn, I played every single position other than first base, pitcher, and catcher. So, I mean, I, I can really play anywhere they ask me to, and I just want to be versatile. It gave me the best shot. But if I had a preference, I would stay in the middle infield. I, I, th- I thought about this question this morning. I thought how I would apply it to myself if it were asked. You know, one of the things I miss the most is that moment when you walk into a stadium for the first time for the day, whether it's your home stadium or, or the road field, and the anticipation of not really knowing what's going to unfold that day and the excitement that comes with that. I think that's what I miss the most about events not going on. What about for you? Yeah, uh, for me, it's you walk into the dugout, you put your stuff down, you lace up the cleats, it smells a little bit different on game days, and yeah. the minute you walk out onto that nice fresh grass and there's that crunch under your feet, you know you're home, and it's a really, really special feeling. How about you, CJ? Yeah, and I mean... Just the anticipation. I mean, all year, you're with your friends. You're ready to just go get it one last time. Uh, step on the field, and in between games, there's days you just think about it, and it's a sport of failure where where even if you do well, you can still fail, and if you don't feel like you had your stuff, you can still do well, and anything can happen, and that just puts butterflies in your stomach every time you think about stepping on the field, and that's what that's what you really miss when there's no games. How much worse did it make it yesterday when the preseason poll came out and you saw your team rank number one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we were hanging out last week after we got the news, and we were talking. We, we were super confident in this group. Um, I mean, we know it's baseball and nothing's given at all, but, but we were confident in our abilities, and then that was just reassurance in our confidence, and it, I just hope we can step back on the field and, and show them. Now, your teammates are all here in town. Yours have scattered to wherever hometowns are. How much have you stayed in touch with them during this, and and what have you been hearing from them? Uh, I text almost every single one of them every day. Um, Those are my best friends in the entire world. Those are my brothers. So uh, it's not like you just go in and out of communication like that. Um, We have a group chat on Snapchat and on GroupMe that is just constantly going off and constantly making each and every one of us laugh. So it's it's not – it's not hard to stay in touch with those guys, which is really nice. Is there any and, – and I realize what I'm getting myself into here. I was around you guys enough. Is there any clean group chat that you can share <laughs> with us? What are, what are some of the topics? 
Um, well, recently uh, we played a little prank on redshirt senior outfielder Eric Gilgenbach. Uh, Not but, hard to do. No, he is. <laughs> for five years of an elite education, he's very gullible. Um, I was actually his roommate in uh, North Carolina, and we were, I think, in the middle of a Saturday game. They tied it up in the eighth. They tied at 8-8, and uh, Eric pinch hits with the bases loaded in the 10th inning and hits a three-run double down the line. We're ecstatic. We get back to the hotel after winning the game, I think 11-8, and I see this fern in the lobby, this little fake fern, and I kind of grab it and walk it up to the room and just leave. Just left the fern in the room, and I come back, and he's like, what's this fern doing here? And I was like, one of the people at the front desk asked if I played baseball. And I was like, yeah. And they go, well, can you give this fern to Eric Gilgenbach? He was our player of the game. And he <laughs> loves this fern. He had no idea. He kept it all weekend, and he tried to leave the hotel with it. And we were like, Gilgy, that is not a real fern. They did not give you the fern. <laughs> but he, uh, he's, got a little, uh, he's got a little Instagram account for it now. And uh, very nice. Yeah, it, it was awesome. The whole team was in on. I was really proud of our guys for not giving it up. Uh, it's typically tough to hold on to a secret like that for all three days. But uh, if anyone was going to believe it, it was Eric. Oh, that's great. What about you? I, I'm sure it's a little easier for you because all your guys are here. Mm -hmm. uh, how much do you stay in contact with them? Have you guys tried to work out together at all? It, it's a little tough with some of the rules that are put on you. Yeah. Uh, we can't really work out on school sites. So, I mean, guys go together in, like, pairs and, and little groups. Uh, I mean, now that we have just e-learning, we can hang out on the weekends still. And, I mean, we still see each other during the week. We hang out a lot and text all the time. Yeah, it's pretty easy to hang out with my guys, though. Now, you both also have a lot of friends in baseball around here. I, I don't know how close you are with Riley Tarada from Marion, who plays for the University of Dayton. He's in a very similar situation to you, Nico. He's same class as you are. Had a very good summer, which got a lot of attention. What do you hear from him? Have you guys talked about your situations together at all? Yeah, we have. I actually reached out to Riley yesterday asking him if he wanted to go swing it in the cages with me today. So I think we're going to do that later on. Um, we're, there's just a lot of uncertainty going on. He, he was in Cape Cod this summer as well and did put together a very good summer. So uh, I'm really excited for him. And we've just got to keep honing the skills, keep sharpening the iron, and uh, see what comes out on the other side. And then you've got a, a teammate by the name of Ryan Lynch mm -hmm. um, who is committed to go to Notre Dame, but a lot of people think that he might get some looks in this major league draft. Have you communicated with him? Yeah, uh, I think he's ready to go to Notre Dame. Okay. He really wants to go. How about, how about Brady Gump? I mean, here's here's a kid from another school. His dad's the coach at St. Joe. They had a very high ranking yesterday. Mm -hmm. I, I know you and Brady are close, but he's also a competitor. How much do you miss the, the give and take with him as a season unfolds? Oh, yeah. I always love uh, walking to the plate. Because Brady's a catcher, and just the stuff you say, it's its fun. Just this, the back-and-forth communication. Take us that. through one of those conversations, because I think a lot of sports fans wonder, well, how how much conversation is going on on a field? Well, have you ever seen uh, bench warmers? Yeah. You remember the part where he says, you look like a good catcher of donuts in your mouth? <laughs> That's what I say to him every first at bat when I see him. Very nice. Very nice. What about you at first base? Are, are you a mayor like Sean Casey was with the Reds where you're engaging everybody in conversation, or do you keep to yourself? Absolutely. I like to talk to everyone. I like to talk to the umpire. I like to talk to the first base coach, especially when guys get over there to talk to me. 
Um, I like to talk a lot about approaches. Uh, I've seen some guys for North Carolina hit some really good pitches, and I was like, wow, what was your approach there? Were you sitting on that? Were you adjusting to that? And uh, you can learn a lot over there. So guys are, are pretty willing to talk. Does anybody ever just say, hey, shut up? <laughs> no, not really. Everyone's pretty nice. We play, we play a pretty cool sport. Okay. That, I mean, I think those are some of the insights that, that listeners to this program are enjoying hearing, too. We're with the Cavadas brothers, Nico from Notre Dame, CJ from Penn High School on this edition of Sports Jack. I don't want to keep you guys too long, but I, I do want to ask you, when do you think you'll have, and, and this is a question that is probably unanswerable, but I'll ask it anyway, when do you think you'll have a better idea, Nico, of what your decision process will be like. I'm sure you kind of need some more information before you really can make a decision, right? Yeah, there's so much that's up in the air still. Uh, in a couple months, I mean, we're going to have to reevaluate, see where things are, and uh, then I, I hope to have enough information to make a decision. Obviously, you're waiting for the NCAA to kind of decide something for certain, and then you kind of have to wait to see what Major League Baseball decides to do with this year's draft, don't you? Absolutely. And then for you, CJ, you're kind of at the mercy of the IHSA right now, aren't you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the IHSAA hasn't canceled anything. I think it would be more of if our school just doesn't go back. And I think we'll know that after spring break. I think they'll make that decision if we go back to school anytime soon. I mean, they could postpone it a little bit or they could just cancel it as it is. So, I mean, that'll be the, the jurisdiction. If, if we don't go back to school, I don't know if I'd be able to hang it up after that. So in the meantime, you guys will work on staying sharp. You talked a little bit, you mentioned the Northwoods League and the Cape Cod League. These are summer leagues that you had the opportunity to play in. I think that's another thing that people forget about uh, baseball players at the Division I level is there really is no off season for you guys, is there? No. Um, so we play our season through the spring. And uh, I remember we got home from the ACC tournament my freshman year. And the very next day, I packed up all my stuff and drove down to Kalamazoo, Michigan for the Northwoods League. I think we played 72 games in 75 days. Uh, came back and had, I think, six days prior to our first practice at Notre Dame. And uh, we practiced all through the fall, scrimmaging each other, showing out, trying to earn a, earn a spot in the lineup. And uh, we go home for winter break. That's our only break. Uh, we still got to stay sharp because the minute you get back, you're being evaluated by coaches trying to be in the lineup for opening day through our, uh, through our winter ball, our spring ball. So that month we have is really, really important to uh, kind of rest, recover, but at the same time, like, continue to hone your skills because you're going to be evaluated right out the break. So in order to do that, you must really love the game. What is it about baseball that you love so much? Um, I think it's the relationships that you build with all of your teammates. And it's also a game where if you fail 70% of the time, you're a Hall of Famer. So that's something that uh, – is really really rewarding to barrel a ball and to really to really make good contact and uh, when when you do come across success like that it it means something it's very very important so uh, I think that's something that it's constantly challenging and it's really rewarding. CJ, what do you love about it? I don't know. It's just when you barrel a ball, 
you feel absolutely nothing and absolutely everything at the yeah. same time. I mean, I think you can relate to that. It's just one of the feelings in the world that is completely unmatched. Yeah, I mean, it didn't happen much in my baseball career, but <laughs> when you barrel up that ball and you actually feel like there's n- there was no resistance to the ball coming off the bat, what a sweet, sweet feeling. Yeah, and when it's when it's dark out and you're playing under the lights and you kind of watch it disappear into the sky, that's yeah. just like when an image that disappear. I can see mine all day. <laughs> <laughs> yours do have a tendency to disappear. You're you're a little bit of a feast or famine guy, aren't you? <laughs> As of late, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. You've been feasting quite a bit. Uh, you know, and 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 in saying that, your dad posted a video. I think it was in the Presbyterian series. Talk about what. how much do you hear from fans while you're playing the game? Because there was a video that was posted where a fan is basically saying, um, and, and I apologize to any listeners with sensitive ears, but basically, Cavadas, you suck right as you're hitting a home run ball. How much do you hear as a game is going on? Yeah, I typically don't hear a lot, but um, Presbyterian was a little bit different. Right down the right field line, they had a cult attack a big row of like six fraternities and all these houses all these guys came in and sat right outside the fence right in my ear and kind of yelled at me the entire game the entire game and we were down three two at the time and these guys have been uh absolutely abusing me over there I haven't responded at all and I think it was a two two pitch on the outer half and I hit a ball really good to left and as the ball was coming in this guy yells, Nico, you suck. <laughs> and I just crushed it, like three-run homer to put the Irish up. And the minute I hit first base, I blew him a kiss. Oh. And they absolutely loved it. They were like my biggest fan after that. So having them in my ear like was positive things at that point. So that was a really cool experience. What about you? High school fields are, are smaller than college fields in terms of what's around them. Uh, do you hear much during a game? Uh you know, sometimes, I mean, you just love it when you hear, like, a, a grown a grown man yell at you. That's, there's just, like, I talked about hitting a ball in the barrel. That's another great feeling. It's just yeah. hilarious. It's really fun to just look out and see, like, like a man that has no business yelling at, like, a, a 16-year-old kid. Just yelling at a 16-year-old kid. So it's the greatest feeling ever. Yeah. If if a student's yelling at you, well, that's that's part and parcel of it, right? But it means you're doing something right, too. Yeah. Well, that's true, because... They don't yell at you if they don't care. And the only reason they care is because if they think you're a threat, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think this has been a fun chat. Guys, I really appreciate you guys coming in today and joining us. Nico Cavadas of the University of Notre Dame baseball team, C.J. Cavadas of Penn. C.J., man, I hope you get a chance to to have a, a, a little something of a senior year. It's not going to be as Thank much you. as you had originally hoped to play, but I, I sure hope you guys can get back on the diamond soon and Nico, best of luck to you. Hopefully, uh, see you back in Irish uniform. But if somebody wants to make you an offer you can't refuse, good luck to you on that one, too. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having us. us. All right, the Cavadas brothers joining us on this edition. I don't know what Friday holds. I don't know if Corey is going to be back or if we're going to have a special guest or how we're going to do it. But we hope to have a Friday episode of Sports Jack. Remember, you can always subscribe to the show through Spotify, through Apple Podcasts, through Spreaker, and... You can follow me on Twitter at 46sports. So until then, Ooga Luga, Oral Hershiser. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. Sports Jack.
Sportsyak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. You've been listening to Sportsyak with Chuck Freeby and Corey Mann as himself. Produced by Corey Mann. The Sportsyak theme song by Rhett Walker. Production elements and voiceovers by AudibleGenesis.com. Engineered by Phil Souza. Executive producer is Danae Hughes. In partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Interested in your own podcast? Contact Danae at Danae at StudioDNA.media. Sportsyak archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.